Welcome to the Marketing Agility Podcast, where we discuss all things related to the growing field of agile marketing. This podcast is co-produced by Frank Days and the Agile Marketing Alliance so that we can learn, share, and grow together. Along with Melissa Reeves, I'm Frank Days, and we will be your hosts for today's episode. We have the pleasure of welcoming Liz Llewellyn Maxwell of PlanView, where she serves as Senior Manager of Content Marketing. Liz has a deep background in Agile marketing, including being on a team that started doing Agile marketing, stopped, and then started again doing Agile marketing. Excited to have you here, Liz. Welcome. Thanks. I'm really excited to be here. So Liz, tell us how you got started in Agile marketing and what that looked like. Well, my introduction to Agile marketing and basically marketing in general was at a fast-paced, high-growth startup called Lean Kit about 10 years ago. And as I mentioned, it was my introduction to formal marketing, okay, B2B marketing. And in the beginning, it was less agile, more lean, and not a lot of scrum at all, and all Kanban, all flow. Our the company, Lean Kit, was founded by software developers who had been had a, a, a not so great experience with Scrum. And so they were looking for an alternative. And that's why they built Linkit as Kanban software. And so what was it like for you as a marketer to be in this environment of software developers? And did you have any difficulty applying it to marketing, applying lean to marketing at that time? The most interesting thing that we found out is the connection between Dev and ops is very similar to the connection between marketing and sales. And then when you add in product and marketing and sales, like that flow, we had so many of the same aha moments at the same time, sometimes in where Dev would say, you know, these handoffs, we've got to make them more visible. And we would say, wait, we have handoffs too. And wait time, you know, we've got to make that visible in our process. Oh, well, we have wait time too. You know, that in so many different ways to improve processes. So what was it like working with a bunch of developers who were super into Agile? It was lesson learned every day. It was very cool. And having them all, you know, everyone was, was kind of an ancient time now, but we were all in the same room and all co-located <laughs> so we could all learn from each other and holler across the way or shoot a Nerf gun or whatever it was that we were wanting to get people's attention by. So it was a great time. I had a very similar experience in my first epiphany with agile in marketing where I was in a 30 person startup and you know the dev scrum happened at nine o'clock every day. And mm -hmm. I thought, well, why don't we just have a marketing one that comes in right after it? And yeah, it's a very similar, like saw those similarities really kind of influenced how we worked. Can you share a little bit about from those early days, what went well? What were your challenges? So a lot went well. When you are all in on a creating a Kanban product and you're all into Kanban and you're practicing Kanban. So that leads to a lot of things going well. You know, you're all into the, you've got buy-in from top down, which was essential, as you know. And we were able to bake all of the necessary agile cadences into our into our daily work. And so we had stand-ups, we had retros, we had, as we scaled, we started doing poll planning, which was our version of PI planning. But here's what I learned, two points to make, is when all of that is in harmony, so when you have agile in harmony between top-down, but then also what I mean is in the tenets 
a vaginal one I'm going to focus on too, because these were the ones that were equally beneficial and then also as, or, and then also challenging where this, you know, strategic direction generates from leadership. And then you have this concept of empowered teams, right? And a lot of people want to do agile because from a team level, as they think, oh, you know, empowered teams, I, I'll, I will now have a voice. And, and especially if you think about agile manifesto going back to when that was created, that was a big catalyst for, for creating that manifesto. So there's always a shadow side to things. And so got the good part with the bad. And so what, what happened was we got into a point at Linkit when times, you know, empowered teams were elevated above leadership or leadership was elevated above empowered teams as a rule of operation. And so this was when Agile had a bit of a shadow side for, for us and that it was more destructive in a way than beneficial. So for the most part, we were able to work through those differences, but we were very passionate about doing Kanban and doing Kanban right. And we let that dogmatic viewpoint take over more than it should have. I've seen that with Agile teams. And Melissa, we've interviewed people, right, who said, gee, I started and we were just finished training. We just finished. We all got certified and we were going full throttle down that path. And then all of a sudden we had a bit of an, a, a learning and realization that we didn't have to be 110% scrum. We don't have to be 110% Kanban that some of the rituals, we relax a little bit with the idea that it might ultimately help us be more effective. And so, so Liz, you're going along, you're reaping some of the benefits of, of especially lean. It sounds like a little bit of agile might've been mixed in as, as you matured and then things changed. It sounds like Something happened where you you stopped practicing. You stopped these practices. We did. So ultimately, Linkit became acquired by Plainview, and you know, Plainview saw the vision for agile marketing and even cross-functional scaled agile. And at that time, though, leadership realized that marketing was critical to the success of agile, which was huge. Doesn't always happen that way, even if there was no formal agile marketing structure. So when Linkit was acquired by Planview, as I said, no formal mar agile marketing structure. So at that time, the difficulty was the only marketing that I had known in a formal sense was agile marketing. And then I was put into working with a team who did not practice agile marketing. And so it really crystallized the benefits of Agile. And until I was in a marketing team that was mostly traditional, I didn't realize how essential team Kanban boards and Agile ceremonies had become. You know, Without them, I felt you know, less productive, less focused, less certain that I was delivering what really mattered to the business. And I also didn't have a basic understanding of the team priorities or team workload. There was no structure in place to activate the mantra of all work is the team's work. Very siloed, my work lacked context. I lacked purpose. I had a hard time connecting with the other people because I didn't know exactly what they were working on. Add into the fact that I was fully remote and that most of the team at that time was located in Austin. So that there, so there were lots of challenges there. And I kept thinking, if we only had boards, we could really make a difference here. Like, we wouldn't have to be having all of these conversations. If we only had stand-ups, we could be so much more efficient with our communication. 
sorts of things. So can you tell us a little bit about how that manifested? Were you actively having conversations? Were you actively raising these questions? Were you in a position to do that? Or were you just internally thinking about these things? It was mostly internal. I would bring it up when I could. And I built myself a link kit board to track my own work. And I'd show people and say, you know, this is what I'm working on in the context. And there's interest, there's curiosity. And there, at a higher level, there were conversations, conversations happening to bring alignment to product and sales and marketing in a way that there hadn't been before. So I knew it was coming. And rather than try to force it in, I wanted waited until there was more of a formal structure in place. So it didn't feel like too much of an uphill battle. But I mean, there's always curiosity about it. What were the biggest changes when you started making that transition around the acquisition? I mean, you had your everyone in one room were gone, right? Were there new artifacts and new rituals that kind of came into play? Not right away. But after when we started, I mentioned we had uh, leadership changes and then started implementing agile marketing in a formal sense. Now, this was kind of my first experience with more agile marketing versus, you know, like I said before, the lean Kanban approach that we had done so much at LeanKit. So, you know, that first phase was that cross-functional implementation across sales and marketing. We had go-to-market teams, which are formed by solution or group of solutions. And then we had our first formal PI planning sessions as well. So we did add in, at least from my perspective and from the legacy plan view folks as well, a bunch of new at the, at the same time. But, uh, you know, to the credit of our leadership and the agile coach that we had working with us at the time still do, it went as smooth as it could. And it's been fun. Now, you know, now we're in our 15th PI and we've expanded agile marketing across go to customer and they have their value streams and then fully implemented Agile across product development. So we really do have that line of communication, that alignment. So your story is really starting in lean, kind of moving into away from lean, and then regrounding in an Agile approach, which of course supports a lot of lean thinking. You mentioned the, the Agile coach, and I know that many marketing organizations either maybe skip having an Agile coach or don't have that level of support. And maybe you could speak for a minute just on the role that 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 individual has played and what impact it had on the team. Sure. Yeah, the Agile coach for for me, whether it's somebody that you have coming in as a consultant, because we did that at LinkedIn too. We had a lot of consultants that we would have come in and do workshops. You know, you have all your at those folks. And it's, it's a real luxury to have somebody full time like we do at Plan View here because what an agile coach can do is be a conduit in many ways between leadership's goals and then also be able to help the teams be able to, in the tactical ways and in the more like forming, storming ways, put in processes in place. And he can have that overall 30,000 foot view that he knows what leadership is trying to, the goals of leadership and try to help us work in that direction. So 
I feel like it's it's critical. There have been lots of times with coaches where they've come in and done retrospectives and helped us see, okay, what are the metrics on your board and how did this, you know, what went well, what didn't, how are you going to make things better and just guiding those conversations. I imagine that's probably pretty helpful just on the team in general. I'm currently one month into a new job and we're literally about to start sprint one next week and I'm playing product owner and coach and having a coach maybe would, I know Melissa, you and I talked about this for a while back, <laughs> but having, you know, having a coach probably gives people a chance to have a place to go complain to. And a, and a good coach will ground you in the agile methodology, actually, right. the agile tenant that is meant to be prominent for in that time of struggle, right? So that's also helpful too. It's interesting to see in different t- companies I've worked for where some teams are, you know, when you're in a smaller company and it's more of a dev-oriented or organization, people ha- at least understand what it is. They, they've seen it practiced or they understand the concept, whereas other organizations don't really know. They know the word, but they don't really know much of anything. So you're starting kind of at ground zero. Would you say to a team that's thinking about starting agile marketing on their team? There's a lot to say, I feel like, but I can probably distill it to the big idea, which is be open to learning what you can from change because in an agile environment, it's in the name, agile. It's going to happen a lot, whether it's strategic pivots or team restructuring, and but it's all not change for change's sake. And it feels like that in the beginning, but it's intentional change. It's based on what you learned from the market and from your own campaigns. And the more you internalize the fact that what you learn causes you to change and that's a good thing, then I think it'll be easier. Now, different personalities, though, they do embrace Agile at different times and in different ways. So knowing your own personality and the personalities of your key stakeholders when you're first getting started is really going to help you with that. Because it seems like of all the people who I've seen, myself included, adopt Agile. There are certain things that are super easy for people to get on board with, and there are other things that are not so easy to get on board with. And it deals a lot with how you personally see the world. Do you like to have a lot of control over the world, or are you more open to, oh yeah, I'm I'm adaptable. I like to be able to jump headfirst into new things. And those, you know, you're going to embrace different parts of Agile in different ways especially if you tend toward perfectionism. And I kn- I've known a lot of marketers who are who have perfectionistic tendencies, whether it's in design or writing or, you know, architecting the perfect website or whatever it is. You know, I mean, I, uh, you know, look at one in the mirror every day. But if you have team members who are, you know, be aware that Agile is going to be incredibly difficult for you, but it will also be incredibly free. And just pushing yourself to get through those difficult moments and the the iterative nature nature of it, the the whole mindset of continuous improvement, the test and learn mentality, those three things are just transformative. And if you allow them to be, they will help you be the best marketer that you can be. Yeah, I really appreciate your perspective on this. And I know that a, a lot of marketers do struggle with that perfectionism, right? We we want every last pixel to be mm-hmm. to be perfect. So a lot of what you described also points to this notion of building an agile culture. Mm-hmm. So how do you feel like you can 
and the organization can help support the building of an agile culture in marketing? A couple of different ways. Most of it deals with understanding that agile is a mindset first and a process second and a methodology last. A lot of people, it seems like over the years I've seen people get into agile, they say, well, what methodology are we going to do? And that is important because that tells you what kind of, you know, how to structure your days, your your weeks, your months, all of those, that sort of thing. However, the mindset is going to be first. And by mindset, I mean uh, you know, two big things, well, three big things, actually. First is that whole mentality of test and learn over the idea of failure. Number two, psychological safety. You, know, you can't have empowered teams without psychological safety. You know, bringing it back to what I said earlier about this tension between empowered teams and leadership, you do need to have that idea of we're not failing, we're learning in order to push Agile forward. And then the third thing is the idea of servant leadership and how much that changes your view of how you manage people. Before I came over to Lincoln, I ran a nonprofit, very small one, but the lessons that I learned through Agile and how to be a manager through Agile. Would a, I often look back on my first experiences managing people and thinking, man, if I had all of these concepts, this servant leadership, this and all of that would have been an entirely different experience you know, for the people I managed and also for myself. So you know, it's just, there's a lot more to Agile than only how are you breaking your work down, you know, the, the tactical stuff. And that's what makes your culture. It's a reminder of all the great things it takes to get a successful agile practice. And I love last one you said about there's no failure, there's just test and learn. And I, I really couldn't agree with you more on that. And the cultural stuff, Melissa, is I couldn't agree with you more as well. I think there's just so much in terms of trying to create a culture where people feel comfortable to try things, experiment, learn, adjust, and move on. Thanks again for joining us today, Liz. If you want to catch up with old episodes of the Marketing Agility Podcast, you can stop by agilemarketingblog.com. If you also would like to check out all the great resources at the Agile Marketing Alliance, go to the site, join, become a member. Approaching a 1,000 members, Melissa, are we broken a 1,000 members? We're right there. Liz, again, thanks for joining us. And everyone, please stay agile.